I swear to God I had a Mandela effect moment today when Walter Mondale died. This is Corey, and this is the Odiantha Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 367 of the Odiantha Podcast. Once again, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high below the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Good news, everybody. Pandemic's over. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. Uh, now, of course, pandemic's not over, meaning we are in the studio, so the pandemic's over. Because we, like other responsible people, have a bubble, and we all stay in our bubble, and we're very responsible in our bubble. And when someone travels, we take some time off, and we get tested in between. Uh, but uh, on my trip over here, uh, to celebrate your birthday. Happy birthday, by the way. I don't think we said that last <laughs> week, but happy birthday to Corey this past week. Um, I wrote down Sunset. Boulevard and uh apparently the pandemic's over so yeah, barely we'll, we can get to that uh in a bit uh but I guess uh where we should start out is the sad sad uh hopeful but upsetting and uh it's that moment um when the football's in the air and the clock hits zero and you know that like whatever happens is about to happen and it's out of your hands yeah uh that's where we are in the uh Derek Chauvin trial Yes. So we, uh, George Floyd, uh, obviously everybody knows that story. Hopefully by now you know the story. <laughs> Derek Chauvin, the police officer, former police officer, who is now on trial for his murder. Uh, that trial is concluded. And by that, I don't mean that it's completely over, but it's in the hands of the jury. The prosecutor, uh, I did have an opportunity to watch the closing arguments for him. I thought it was, um, I think you put this well in our pre-show discussion that like we have to give some deference because we don't practice. We, I never practiced in Minnesota. I don't know the law there. Not necessarily the closing I would have given, but they have to do certain things that they have to do there. So yeah, it is what it is. I do think that he did uh, what I don't see in a lot of big trials. And that's here is the law and here are the four points you have to find if you want to find him guilty on this charge. Now, point one, is George Floyd the person who was murdered? I think we've covered that one. Now, point four, did this happen in Hennepin County, Minnesota? I think we've proven that. Now, let's look at points two and three. This is what uh, malice heart murder is. And this is what malice is. This is what malice heart is under the law. And this is who told you that these circumstances were present in the moment and... Because of that, you must find him guilty. And let's go through all four charges. And then at the end, coming through and being like, now what you're going to hear from the defense is that being a police officer, he was allowed to take these actions. Now, here is the law on what police officers are allowed to do in reasonable force and what a reasonable officer can do. And here's what the police chief said. Here's what their experts said. Here's what their experts said. Here's what 10 members of the police department said. Yeah. Uh, And basically walking through. And so it's not exciting. Um, And here's the thing. Unless you're watching Matlock or uh, Law and Order, closings aren't exciting. It's um, you've been taking notes through this entire trial. Now take that notebook and throw it out because (laughs) everything you need is going to be given to you right now. Uh, Here's the law. Here's where we who we uh, said said it. Here's what they said. And then here's what they said again. Well, well beyond that, the same can be said for opening statements too. Like very it's true. very, it's not as uh, flashy as you get on, on television or in movies or something like that. Now I know you're um, a big fan of Raul uh, Espinoza. Es- Espanza. Espanza. Yeah. Yes. Raul, uh, Raul Espanza. SVU. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he, he gives some flashy closings. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately those were written for him by, by a writer. Well, also not. generally speaking, you don't see, uh, like people raising their voice in 
regular trials like yeah. this. Like if you were looking for a, that, it's a pretty demure. Like there's not a, like a, he did it. He's the one. The whole system's on. <laughs> you know, like there's not a big moment like that. So I, I feel like uh, anytime I check in on cable news or anything like that, though, they they are giving you a piece of it like. Uh, more fireworks today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, really? Was there fireworks? Yeah. I, didn't, I, I watched that. I didn't see it. But, I mean, so now it's in the hands of the jury. And uh, there are, I think I outlined this for you in, in our pre-show talk, there are three, so it's called three outcomes. Yeah. If they walk in the room uh, and the door closes and everybody's like, so we agree he's guilty, right? Then usually you come back in a couple hours. Um, the paperwork famously takes like an hour to fill out, sometimes 90 minutes. Yeah. So sometimes you'll get like a two or three hour return. The attorneys will sometimes hang out for like an hour and then like look to the bailiff. Like, have they asked for the paperwork yet? Like, if not, okay, so we're, it's going to be tomorrow, if nothing else. Yeah. That is infamously good for the state uh, because you almost never get 12 acquittals. Acquittal is much more difficult than getting the guilty. Yeah. The next day, maybe the day after, is really good for the defense because it means that you walked in with 12 acquittals or maybe a six to three, and somebody had to be convinced that, that they shouldn't find the person guilty. After that, uh, I generally find that it gets more and more for the state, especially if they ask for evidence. Uh, and again, I realized after we discussed this, like I don't know the law in Minnesota because not every state allows the jury to bring evidence into the jury room. Yeah. Um, some of them can ask questions and the judge can clarify. Some of them get the record, right? As you opposed to... You get the transcript, yeah, yeah of mm-hmm. what was said rather than the video or... Uh, you can't see the actual report, but we can give you the transcript of what the was testified to. Right. Which is also, by the way, why it can be boring but very thorough for you to go line by line through a report because if you get only get the transcript, it's as if they had the report. So. Well, because I seem to remember, I don't remember what case it was, but one of the many cases of police shooting an unarmed black man. Yeah. Uh, where the video wasn't allowed into evidence because of some sort of evidentiary problem with the chain of custody of the video. And therefore, they spoke of a video, but they never actually showed it. And like there was a lot about like a transcript of what was on the video, but couldn't actually be entered into evidence or something like that. Uh, and I think we had a conversation about that where the state doesn't allow like the video evidence, like unless it was taken by an official source or something like there was, I want to say that was the one out of South Carolina, which actually this week got appealed and the judge was like, "Mm, Nope, your lawyer was fine. Uh, cause the guy ended up taking a plea deal during the trial or during the jury, uh, being out Yeah, because that's one of those things too, is now when you're a defendant, you start to get real nervous. Like, Okay, so it's been four days, five days. They're not coming back. What happens is often, I think we've talked about this before, that the jury will be in there like, all right, so we can't get 12 for the top charge. Who's down for charge number two? Yeah. Uh, All right, so we got nine, 10. Okay, what do we have to do to get you two on board with charge two rather than the top charge? You start negotiating in the room. And a lot of times that also involves bringing evidence in or discussion or whatever we can get into the jury room. And so if you're the defendant and like even like thinking. a show trial inside of the jury room, like sometimes, people, yeah. yeah, sometimes it can be like, all right. So uh, more usually more when it's evenly split, when it's just like because when it's like a six, six kind of. Yeah. You know, uh, it's somewhere around the middle. It's just like, all right. So we take sides and we basically put on a version of the trial where you argue your best points and you are your best points. And then we'll figure out uh, who's got a more engaging argument. Yeah. Um, 
if it's more like, uh, you know, nine, three, a lot of times it's like, defend yourself. Tell us why you three think that we are wrong. Yeah. Um, also why lawyers aren't typically allowed on juries because sometimes you'd be like, well, I'm a lawyer and, uh, I know that the nine of you agree, but you're wrong. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, maybe we, oh, we should all maybe, follow the lawyers. Maybe we're wrong. Yeah. Like, I feel like he would know, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Or you don't tell anybody and you're so good at arguing that you can convince people. And there's a movie with John, um, damn, uh, runaway jury where basically he, puts up the jury for sale to both the state and the defense because he can display why he has them under his control. Yeah. And uh, he is able to, he's going to produce whatever verdict he wants to produce out of that. Uh, But sometimes when you have a jury that goes out for a really long period, like more than a week as a defendant, you start getting the feeling like they're negotiating what charge I'm going to be found guilty of. So if I can negotiate with the state and get what I think is a better deal than whatever they're going to come out with, and we get that agreement on the record before they're done, then trials are done. And we've wasted all this time. Jury's out. Uh, jury doesn't matter, essentially, at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what happened in that case in South Carolina. And then later on, um, now, he had appealed it to say, like, I could have got a better shake with the jury than I got in this deal, and it's my lawyer's fault. And, no, uh, he explained all of the things and you rolled the dice that, that the jury was going to come out with something bad. And uh, whether or not now you've interviewed all of them and you realize like Fuck, they were going to give me five years. I, I feel like 20. look, I feel like looking back on a plea deal is always like a sorry about your luck kind of moment. Like you never good to <laughs> you, do. you, uh, you kind of made your bed. Like it's like the uh, the classic of like the uh, who wants to be a millionaire where it's just like. Uh, you know, I don't want to push it. I'm at 500,000 right now. I don't want to lose all this. I, I don't want to go home empty handed. So I'm just going to walk with it. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, here's the million dollar question. What Oreo leads the team and wins? I'm like, no, why? <laughs> like, I, and I could have done that one. I, I knew- never want to know. Don't tell me what it was. <laughs> if we're on uh, let's make a deal. It's like, I don't want to know what door, whether I had the right door or the wrong door. Uh, and again, some of that is the pressure of the moment. When you're facing 128 years total, yeah, you start making decisions that down the road you don't share the same mentality of. But also, you're not facing 128 years. Yeah. Now you're facing the 20 that you agreed to and the possibility that maybe they would have given you less. Yeah. And maybe you're right. But you don't have the pressure of 128 sitting over you. So it's like a whole different and perspective. Also, you're any good lawyer, and I'm sure... Uh, Chauvin's lawyer is telling him this too as he was fighting this whole case. Juries are unpredictable. You don't know what 12 just randomly pick 12 people off your Facebook list and have them be the deciders of some sort of big issue, some sort of legal issue. Uh, If we did a random 12 name generator, Mm -hmm. I imagine there would be four or five names that end up on that list where you're just like, oh, God, I wouldn't want that person deciding whether or not, you know, I'm free or innocent. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it's. Just take an arbitrary selection of any 12 people in your life and you're going to be like, well, a lot of them don't deserve to be on a jury, but they're on juries all the time. (laughs) Like, you know, and you don't know whether or not they're capable of understanding the evidence and applying it, which is why good attorneys are worth a lot of money, because people who can make it easy for the jury to understand why this is a crime or why this person is innocent or why this is, you know, like a lot of people hate Chauvin's attorney, Nelson. Yeah, Uh, that's good, though. Yeah, and I mean, like, he, he's not supposed to be a good guy. No. So, like, he's not, he knows he was going to be the bad guy coming into this thing. Uh, and, you know, he's got to do things 
the the number one goal is to zealously defend your client. That's the that's the number one thing you're signing up for. So if there is a path for you to get your client off, then you have the legal obligation to do everything you possibly can to get that uh, determination. Yeah. Uh, the all the all the conversation that was having about you know George Floyd ingesting drugs right before he had the knee like that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. That's the that's the best path forward if you are. Nelson in this case if most Americans liked him at the end of this yeah. he did not do his job because you need to find those corners to just duck in listen we love Johnny Cochran yeah for are we I just loved because he's uh he he's was colorful uh, well no but he's dead now so I was gonna yeah. say was in the past I guess but but the point of it is if you're Nicole Brown Simpson's family you hate him yeah because you're like you, what do you bring in this confusion of like, where's the blood here or there? That if you're in the courtroom every day, you see like testimony was very clear, but then you walk out there and you're telling the public stuff that's not true. Like I'm selectively telling the public what I want to tell them. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we, the public loved him, but by the way, he's just being a good lawyer and most defense attorneys, you also, by the way, you liked OJ. That's why you liked Johnny Cochran. Well, you and, hate Derek Chauvin. So. And be, people come in with such a binary sense of like yeah. how a case should go based off of how they feel about what had happened. Uh, you know, if it was just a straight, you know, like how badly do you feel for George Floyd and how responsible do you think this officer is? Like, I imagine a lot of trials against police officers would go with officers facing some sort of penalty. Yeah. But the problem is in these cases, in all cases is that there's so many different moving pieces that involve whether or not somebody is like culpable by the sense of the law, you know, to the actions that they're accused of. And, you know, it's you could say like the Patriots and the Jaguars are going to play each other 12 times. How many times do the Patriots win? Well, you know, there is, is the a Brady Patriots or the well, whatever. Patriots? <laughs> there's okay. a, you know, the 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 Chiefs versus the Jaguars. Like, you know, they they're going to play 12 times. Like, how yeah. many times do you think the Chiefs are going to win? A lot of people would say 12 times for the Chiefs because they're so much better than the, the Jags. But yeah. there is a certain number Statistically, of... Statistically, yeah. There's a certain uh, scenario in which the Jaguars could win. Yep. And there is just the same as you go into a, a trial. You don't know how it's going to play out. You might get some random fumble in the fourth quarter and you're able to return it for a touchdown and now you won. And, you know, like it, it's... Nelson is doing everything he possibly can to work for his client. Now, yeah. I, I think that he has a better the the people in the room are going to be the people don't listen to talking heads yeah follow what what the lawyers in the room are doing nelson is not doing it seems like he feels like he's got a vote or two on the jury i think like, so yep. he, he's been taking it all the way to the end he hasn't been trying to do any dramatics for uh there was the mistrial thing earlier today after the jury had already gone to the to the back yeah for deliberations about maxine waters comments which like you know I don't know, but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I just feel like, you know, like the, he, he's been playing it. Like he feels like he's got a good enough case to potentially win this thing. Yeah. Uh, or at the very least he's, uh, it, it, it's either you, you think you have it and you, you got somebody who's going to find you in the end, or, uh, you definitely know you don't. And you're setting up your ineffective assistance of counsel appeal. Yeah. yeah because by the like, way, uh, the more zealous you are, the worse that looks. Like, if yeah. I'm screaming in the courtroom, maybe it makes me look a little crazy, but it also looks like I am doing everything I can for my client. But if I'm just like, yeah, no, no we're fine. We're fine. Um, 
no closing necessary. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> then it's just like later on, they're like, what do you, you didn't do a closing. <laughs> like I was very confident that I had a couple people in that jury. I thought we had a good solid 11 votes and I was just waiting for the 12. Like, <laughs> Okay. All right. No, all right. Nobody on CNN or MSNBC who is a lawyer who is breaking down this case, though, or Rob or anybody is yeah. going to know this case as well as the lawyers in the room. Yeah. And they have experience in Minnesota courts and they know what's going to go on. You know, like no offense to any number of the great legal minds that I hear talking about this case uh, on different channels and stuff like that. Some of them, you know, have have real uh, points that make you think a little bit more about this case in a way that is productive. Some people are just out there trying to bloviate because they're on television <laughs> and I was it's like say, you want to know the difference between a a talking head and a commentator the talking heads are the ones who are like it is so clear that this is going to be a it's going to be he's going to be found guilty on all three counts and then you have some who are like listen we have to wait to see what the jury says when they yeah. come back uh because those guys are the ones who are like you never know uh you know these guys are sitting there listening intently nodding with the with the prosecutor and they get in that room and they're like not guilty. I don't know how you could even think he was guilty. And you just don't know. I, I also like that uh, the people you see all the time are not working lawyers. <laughs> I, yeah, that's I also true. Yeah. I appreciate when they were just like, uh, we were able to snag five minutes with famous attorney here. Like it used to be uh, Dershowitz all the time back before his his shine went Epstein, away. Yeah, came down. But it would just be like, we got we were able to snag five minutes of Dershowitz's time to t- comment on this case. Uh the, the the other part that I, I think is uh we're, we're probably I would imagine having a verdict by the time we uh podcast next yeah like a and week's time would probably be I said if I'm in the jury room even if we got a 12-0 on the first vote yeah. I'd be like listen I got kids in this school district let's just hold out till Friday we're being sequestered the hotel's nice like let's just take a little yeah. vacation let the kids have their school week. Because this is the problem. Uh, well, I mean, there's lesser or- charges, too, that you could probably squabble over. Yeah, like- true. Yeah, I, listen, I only think he's guilty of the top charge. Well, that means you think he's guilty of the, the lesser charges. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't think if he was he was necessarily out of line. It was just- <laughs> I think it was murder, but I think he did good policing. <laughs> but in the end, I think that, like this is the kind of situation where if they find if they acquit him, the city's going to fucking burn down. Yeah. But there is also a chance that in the celebration for his conviction, the city also burns down. Because I have a feeling that in the celebration for his conviction, the police will be aggressive and overly so towards those people and then cause a, a riot, which will lead to an exchange between the police. And I mean, people. I find that hard to believe. I don't I don't see any evidence of police completely overreacting to every little perceived slight. And, and I and- certainly don't see just thousands of people with cans of soup on their way home to their families <laughs> hanging out in the street so you know damn donald why'd you give everyone the idea <laughs> so good. just that whole interview yeah. i don't know who that who is that kid is he famous for something or is he just a kid that they grabbed off the street who oh you don't you don't even know about that no oh oh my god okay so they interviewed this kid at the dante uh right yeah. protest and the woman walks up to him and he's just she's like why do you have a can of soup? And he's like, oh, I was just on my way home to my family to bring them this delicious soup. And I saw a crowd gather. So I said, I'll go see what this crowd's about. And I just happened to be holding this can of soup. I was going to take home to my family. And the woman's just like, really? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's delicious soup for my family. And I'm like, that is amazing. Yeah. 
Good well, for you. That was because Trump, like, God, fucking who knows when. At some point, when talking about protest, police protests, yeah, uh, was just like these protesters are showing up with cans of soup, and you know, if you hurl a can of soup in some police officer's face, it hurts like a brick. And then, like, oh there, well, good, good. There was like a whole day of Twitter just going like, "Hey, if you don't want police officers to get assaulted by things, maybe not give them examples of things that you can legally carry around and throw at them that would hurt them." Like, I had never thought about carrying cans <laughs> of soup. But, it's like uh, I never thought about it until the president gave me the idea. Also, I feel like because it's mostly liquid, you could probably freeze it, and that would also make it very <laughs> cold. That's not advice. That's just yeah. me thinking out loud. It's I just feel like, like Trump was doing. He was postulating, postulating lot. wildly <laughs> out, uh, wildly and irresponsibly on a place where a lot of people may hear it. Um, <laughs> he just keeps going. He's just like, would it be better? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a real legal question. I think somebody should bring it in front of it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I could kill someone on Fifth Avenue, not murder. Get away with it. Yeah. Uh, would so, that be murder? I don't know. Would that apply to somebody else? <laughs> you well, ask you ask a lawyer and their their response to that is an unequivocal. I guess it depends. <laughs> uh, this kid happened to be black. So absolutely it's murder. <laughs> no, um, no way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's. By the way, last week when we were talking about. Uh, what's going on in uh, Brooklyn Center there? Yes. Uh, you know, we, I, my mind immediately went to the eventual uh, Supreme Court case that'll come from whether or not an officer is uh, can be confused can be confused yeah. by the the service weapon and the the stun gun. Uh, and I did not mean that to be a lighthearted statement because obviously that is the fucking biggest misconvenience. Like you should not be able to make that kind of mistake. If you're yeah. a 26 year <laughs> veteran of the force, I just like, cause a couple people told me about it and they're just like, they're just like, why do you think it's just going to end up in the Supreme court? And I'm just like, well, cause you know, that's sort of how these things happen. Like, yeah. you know, you get a tough on the line call and it's just like, well, it's awful, isn't it? I'm like, of course it's awful. That that's why, that's why, right? that's why I said, it's awful that this is going to end with an acquittal and then an eventual Supreme court case where, <laughs> Where this issue comes up like that's yeah that's what what upsets me so much is that there isn't a faster route to justice in a lot of these cases because there's so much that goes into uh the nuts and bolts of it you know well, and, and that same thing is true here in the george Floyd case because in the jarek chauvin case because uh you know it, it seems to almost anybody who it, it seems like a, a perfect hypothetical to raise to somebody. Yeah. Like I probably would have had this in a law school class. Yeah. 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 And they will have this in the future. The first year of law school is filled with, you know, the professor walking into the room and just being like one guy has a gun, but it's holstered in his thing. And some other guy has, a, you know, they come up with some hypothetical situation yep. that would never happen. And it's just like, who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? Like, what do you, what do you see happening? Uh, you know, like a police officer kneeling on somebody's neck for almost nine minutes is, the perfect example of something that you would bring up in a case like <laughs> like a hypothetical. And it's meant to say, oh, well, so the use of force was reasonable. Perhaps it was reasonable at the beginning, but there comes a time in which it's no longer reasonable, which yeah. is what the answer you want to get to. And everyone who's sitting at home is like, yeah, absolutely. But you weren't sitting in every minute of that trial. And the use of force expert that the defense called was convincing and Although I think the state get a, did a good job of it, taking apart, you know, still. Okay, so a good example of this, uh, I, w- I just read a story earlier. Baltimore City cops were told, uh, were given a, a uh, seminar talking about how you intervene if somebody that you were policing with has yeah. stepped over the line. Like yes. what you do, what the, what the proper thing is. As a is. cop to another yeah. cop? Right, right, right. Yes, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, so hypothetically, if 
there was some sort of George Floyd situation, one of the other cops there would have to get involved and say, hey, enough, and pull him off or something like that. Was it uh, reset and then turn your body cameras on and then discover <laughs> the evidence and forget that it walk, records 30 seconds Walk early? away, say like, all right, we're going to get him real good, turn the body cam back on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that a hit? No. no. Okay. Uh, but that whole thing to me is just hysterical because the problem is not uh, – there's multiple problems here. Number one, the Baltimore Police Department cannot be trusted to, no. <laughs> to intervene on their own behalf. They have proven this time and time again. Uh, oh, number they two, they quiet the rats. I oh, mean, yeah. Sean I mean, Suter, they, but uh, you know, not the other way, not the good way. Yeah, I mean, you know, they just are. <laughs> they I'm take not, care of their I'm, own. I'm not going to get too much into Suter. We all know what happened there. Uh, he was murdered by the police. I don't yeah. know if you. <laughs> Everybody knows it. You just never be able to prove it. It's, um. It, it, it's it's the it's the multiple layers of the impossible thing that has to that has to take place in order for real justice to come through forward and you know i i think that the 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 uh riot that might happen if we get an uh a not guilty is just indicative of the fact that nobody is happy that there's no no easier way of convening justice in this sort of issue especially when it involves somebody who's so legally protected like a police officer yeah uh less so thank you maryland but less so uh with the and maryland and other states uh, yeah. the difference with maryland is they have a 90-day session so we're already at senior day uh senior die uh last day of the session so they got to get it all done in the first 90 days yeah and i know there's bills all over the place that will probably come to fruition but uh, maryland rushes it through so they can get it done um but Yes, less protections all across the country, probably as this year progresses. That'll be a good thing. Um, and I, my point to the uh, the riots happening because it's a good thing uh, or because he's uh, found guilty isn't that it'll be a riot. It's that anytime people go to the street, it feels like cops are like, all right, break out the tear gas, unless, you know, they're invading the Capitol. And yeah. then we need to have some restraint here, boys. Let's just... Uh, just let this play out. See what happens. Uh, so I don't get how people who storm the Capitol are angry about where things are going in their country, but people who are rioting in Minneapolis are not angry about where things are oh, going. I mean, uh, that's the, the entire purpose. People right? who like, are rioting in Southeast DC are not angry about things that are happening in their country, like cops killing kids. But people who are rioting twelve blocks away right. at the Capitol. Listen, this is protected speech. They're just trying to change the country. It's They're happening. just really angry with where the country is going. And Seeking redress of grievances. <laughs> um, well, and I would say that uh, it, it's a longstanding tradition, uh, except for the country's been on the same path for a long time. And people may disagree with that, except for I would remind you that uh, the Biden administration this week announced that they are going to wrap up uh, a war that currently has people fighting in it that weren't alive when the event that precipitated it started the war. Yeah. And of course, I mean, we Joe Biden announced that we are going to be pulling out of Afghanistan uh, for the fourth time it's yeah. been announced. But now we really mean it. We're actually going to do it. Uh, and I suppose, again, as uh, you pointed out, I'm going to use a metaphor, but you pointed this out. That it's going to be a pullout, but it's going to be a lot like that skeevy dude you knew from college pulls out. Like, <laughs> not all the way, and, uh, you know, uh, we're going to leave a little something behind, just so you remember. I don't this. think I made this. <laughs> it's a mind metaphor to what you said. <laughs> but, you know, so it's... Uh, we're I gonna, feel like I was misquoted. 
We are going to leave Afghanistan, but there is a 100% chance that there are still American troops in Afghanistan after the 11th of September. It's, oh, yeah. There will be a small number on bases. We'll keep our bases there because Why would we bases. give up our base? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we built a lot of bridges there. In fact, we've built the same bridge at least 30 times because every time we built it, the Taliban blew it up. And we said, you know what? Let's rebuild that bridge. And uh, I'll We're remind everybody. Stick it in their eye. <laughs> I'll remind everybody. Uh, transportation infrastructure in the United States has a D rating nationwide. Uh, we rebuilt the same bridge 30 times <laughs> in Afghanistan. Uh, but that war is finally ending. And um, I was thinking about this earlier today. Dwight Eisenhower sent the first advisors into Vietnam in 1958. That war ended with Richard Nixon in 1975, which makes that slightly, what, 18 years? Yeah. So the people who were serving in Vietnam in 1975 were alive when Vietnam began. And that wasn't really even began because Kennedy is the first one that sent like large numbers of troops over. Right. This war began in October of 2002. I remember because I was alive. I also remember because recruiters from every branch of the military were in my lunchroom at high school every single day saying, don't you want to go serve in Afghanistan and yeah. show these guys what for? Thank God I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I think that we have been more accepting of a 20-year war. By the way, now the longest conflict in American history. Yeah. Longer than the Revolutionary War. much Four times longer than the Civil War. Uh, longer than Vietnam. Longer than every war. Um, because medicine has caught up to the place where if I hit an IED and lost my arm in Vietnam, I died wherever I hit the IED. Yeah. And now I hit an IED in um, Islam, no, Islamabad's Pakistan. Um, Kandahar. Kandahar, outside of Kandahar. And 12 hours later, I'm in a hospital in Germany Yeah. while they fit me for a prosthetic arm. And that means that there's less body count as far as deaths but it means that there's a much higher body count as far as injuries and the mental effects. Because, by the way, also, uh, about 50 hours after that, I would be stateside, and about four months after that, I would be ushered out quietly from the armed services with my last check and a number for someone at the VA. And that's it. Uh, I was killing people five months earlier in Afghanistan, uh, not being able to sleep, because I was worried about being mortared in the middle of the night. But five hours later, totally fine to just let me loose on an American street. Send yeah. me back to my wife and children. <laughs> back to Toledo I go. Um, back to West Baltimore, where yeah. nothing like Kandahar ever happens <laughs> that might snap me into some sort of fugue state. Um, but that's where we are. And, you know, it's not a good thing. But during Vietnam, there was a higher likelihood that if you if you were injured, you died and the memories of what you did and what you saw died with you there. The 58,000 people who died in Vietnam shouldn't have died there. And we shouldn't have fucking been there, frankly, but we didn't have to worry about as many people coming back with as many injuries, physical and mental. Yeah. Now we have an entire, and it's, it's one thing to say you have a generation that's been impacted by it, but literally an entire generation of men 20 years of men impacted by this. And that means 20 years of families. And when we're talking about intergenerational damage of a kid who graduated with high, from high school with us, going over there, doing unimaginable things, then coming back. And by the way, we're old. 
That guy has a 10-year-old now. Yeah. And he's, or a, God help, 15-year-old now. Yeah. And so he's passing on that, like, intergenerational emotional damage to his child. So we're just going to keep doing this for the next 25, 35 years. I mean, really, you know, we, we say the end of Afghanistan, but, like, I imagine that all armed conflict from this point on, I mean, even even in non-war times, there was people who were stationed overseas in military outposts based off of things that might happen, you know? Oh, we're still in so, Korea. Yeah, still we're still in Korea. Korea. Oh, we have troops on both sides of Germany. Their gap, they used to separate yeah. East and West Germany. We now have both bases. Now they stare across the gap at each other <laughs> because it's been 70 years, but I don't know if this war's over yet. <laughs> Zombie Hitler has arrived. Has arrived in the. No, I mean, hey, like, wait, wait, are you trying to get into some cod? Because I'm down <laughs> to talk about some cod zombies. I mean, you can jump into Verdansk right now if you want to. <laughs> but I mean, like, essentially, yeah, it, it's. What is the guy in Bonn, Germany, gonna do to the guy in Berlin, Germany? We're yeah. we're looking across the top of mountains at each other across this valley. But I mean, like, so you know, Afghanistan. A good number of the people, like the the heavy armed combat of Afghanistan, has passed at this point. Oh yeah, you, don't you remember last... Bush on the aircraft carrier? Oh Mission yeah, accomplished. Yeah, there wasn't. That was only like two years ago, three. <laughs> thank years God, ago? thank God, there wasn't a single death or anything like that since then. Yeah, <laughs> not well, a single. I mean, it, listen, it's not been, a single reason that it's been two or three years <laughs> since they had that. Right? Let's uh, <laughs> uh, wait. Wait, no. Uh, it's two Trump... or three presidential terms ago. Two or three. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That was like six elections ago. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, you know, we're, we're, there will be some form of troops in Afghanistan for probably the rest of our lives. And who else is going to protect the poppy crop, man? We got to keep the hair. In fucking fucking uh, Iraq is going to be the same way. When do we ever get to a, a place where Korea is a place where there's no U.S. troops in the DMZ? If we, uh, if we invaded North Korea and yeah. we replaced the government with a democratic government. Yeah. There would still be American troops on both sides of the old DMZ staring yeah. at each other across the border. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> we, we've got both sides now. Like, yeah. what are we doing? But no, no, no. We, we got a base, and uh, we're not going to give the base up. And most of the leases say that the base is ours until it's no longer occupied. Right. So instead of opening the base in Texas that supports a small town, we close that base. <laughs> And keep the one in like, Bonn, Germany. Over. It's like I learned uh, uh, in San Francisco, there's one standard oil <laughs> gas station left because they have to have one operating in every state that they that they have uh, gas stations in. Yes. It's like Sitco now has it or whatever. Yeah, whoever owns so, it. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, just you're driving along and then all of a sudden in San Francisco, you're like, standard oil. <laughs> <laughs> 34 cents a gallon. <laughs> Uh, but you do have to get out to that old timey thing and actually <laughs> pump it up into the glass globe. And the then guy comes up. Uh, Morning, Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> Everything's in black and white. It's very <laughs> Pleasantville all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but jokes aside, uh, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of like sentiment of get back to normal. And I am of the mindset that this could be a lot of shoving stuff under the. Under the rug. Because, yeah. like, get back to normal. Like, oh, we'll get back to where we were before we went to war in Afghanistan. But wait, we still have the NDAA. We still have spying on people here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Patriot Act, yeah. The Patriot Act. We have Guantanamo. Still not closed. Still at war in Iraq. Um, infrastructure still failing. Uh, 
guns still a problem in the United States because uh, we're back to normal in that at least where 50 mass shootings have happened in the last 30 days. Yeah. And although you in this past week is just <sighs> one right after the one day right after the other. Like and it's so weird because if you look at the year over year 2020 paced every year before it. And I was just like, how is this possible? And it looks like it's just, there was a couple really violent days in, not a couple, a lot of really violent days in 2020. But like there were sections when the whole city was shut down. Like what was happening? Like how did this happen? But now we're back on pace, which is instead of like 50 shootings in 40 days spread across the whole year, we're just getting one, one and a half every day. That, yeah. And now back on a nice normal pace of 50 and 30 days. I, and, and listen, mass shootings are any more than three people. So you get a triple homicide where some other person is shot, whether or not they're killed, that's a mass shooting. Yeah. Um, and whether or not you agree with that, it is what it is. Like, I agree with it because then I hear like, oh, well, there were three people shot in a McDonald's drive through with one death, a three-year-old girl. And I'm, what? Yeah. Wait, by the way, uh, we're back to normal. We're leaving. We're uh, leaving Afghanistan. Great. Could we do a little nation building in the United States? Uh, could I go to McDonald's with a kid in the car and not leave with a murder victim? That would yeah. be great. Um, and we talk about it a lot. And I don't, I don't want to rehash the old stuff, but just like, come the fuck on. Like, there's nothing we can do, says the only country in the world where this happens on a regular basis. Thank Thoughts you. Thoughts and the prayers. Yeah. I, 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 it's, and, and, uh, there is no moderate gun group. Uh, yeah. We talked about this in a pre-show. Like the NRA is an extremist group, and I get that. I get why. When there's no moderate group, you have to be the ones. You're. There is a whole bunch of you said this. A whole bunch of animal rights groups, and there are some that are very extreme and some that are very moderate. Yeah. But when you only have one, it's always going to be the extremist. When it was just PETA. Oh, when they PETA were crazy. was the only one, they were breaking into labs. They were <laughs> they were lighting shit on fire. Eco terrorists. Yeah. And, you know, there there was a I'm not saying that uh, I can't see how somebody would want to defend so animals so badly that they would commit crimes like this or that, you know, like something is in the wrong or the right. Or right. That's that's for, you know, juries to decide. But like, you know, we have to do this. with <laughs> We have to. There has to be a way to do that without violence. You know, there has to be a animal rights group that doesn't. And then eventually other ones come up. The well, SBCA say, is like a nonviolence like completely normal animal rights group. What happened was <laughs> a bunch of people who supported PETA and then was like, so listen, I'm down for the animals, but that's too far. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not willing to support that. Let's start our own group where we do believe the same things, but without the blowing up a lab. Um, well, also you had, you had like really spotty leadership in the in yeah. PETA originally where it's just like, <laughs> it was just like, is it wrong for us to blow up a building that has a thousand people in it if we save two apes? No. And yeah, and the leaders are just like, of course not. And There's it's like, a lot more people than there are <laughs> apes, all right? Meanwhile, normal, everyday Americans who are hearing this are going like, what the fuck is this crazy bitch talking about? <laughs> like, and right now, there are people saying, background checks make sense. We need yeah. a federal law so that I can't drive to Nevada and buy a gun today and turn around and come home and shoot somebody here in L.A. tonight. Yeah. Federal law would make that standardized. I don't see why that's a problem, but they don't see that there's no group that is bad. Now there are the uh, socialist gun clubs, the John Brown gun clubs. These are all places that do that, 
But, you know, you can't throw socialists into it because then people are like, well, I'm not going to join that, yeah. even though they don't understand what socialism is. Um, and the NRA, being the big national gun group, takes that extremist view where they're like, not one inch. We saw the cigarette companies. We know what happens when you give a little bit. Next thing you know, I can't smoke in my own apartment in Los Angeles, which is really a thing that some places can enforce. Yeah. So um, instead, what we say is not one inch. Yeah. and Not even an apartment. Place you own. Place you own. Yeah. Yes. A house that you a own. A house you own. <laughs> um, but it, so it, we see that and we're not going to start down that road. And that makes you look crazy. But without the moderate group, that's your only option. I'm honestly, uh, uh, and it really pains me to think that this is our only solution at this point, but uh, we need to get insurance involved in this because if you guys want to, listen, I'm, I'm not going to step in the way of people owning guns because there's nothing I can do to stop any number of people from owning guns. People who don't live in your apartment. People who don't live under my house. Yes. yes. <laughs> under my roof. Mentally unstable people who live in your apartment. <laughs> I'm yes. getting a look right now, too, from producer <laughs> Roberto. He's not He's not amazed. Well, listen, I mean, uh, especially people who don't live, you know, six blocks from a gun club where they could keep the gun and shoot the gun regularly for a low monthly rate. We're going to lose our producer here if we keep, <laughs> keep doing this. I, uh, my, my point being that you know, I would feel a lot better about this whole thing if knowing that if you purchased a gun and you went and shot up a bunch of people, then uh, at some point there would be a lawsuit on the other end about the loss of life and the, you know, like if it was somebody's unsecured weapon yep. that their child got and they went and shot a bunch of people, then the person who didn't secure the weapon properly can be sued. And they like, have insurance to pay for it. So it's not just yeah. an empty bucket. And there's a chance you can't get insured. Like you if you, you know, if, for instance, you have uh, 15 domestic assault uh, arrests on your record. Not going to be good. Yeah. Not going to be good for insurance. You could buy the gun. You can get the insurance. Just letting you know ahead of time, though, it's $30,000 a month. So are you, how, bad how badly do you, do you want that gun? Yeah. Like, or uh, I bought 70 guns last year. They were all stolen. This is not my fault. Yeah. Like. Uh, all right. So, yeah, or the or the straw trade of like I'm gonna buy a bunch of guns in North Carolina and bring them up to Baltimore and just sell them on the street because technically legal and yep. well, no paperwork equals your insurance is the last thing we have on record. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah, uh, you're I, responsible. I mean, never in the world have I thought insurance would make things better, but that might be the only thing that that makes any kind of quick resolution to the issue like, you're, that's you're making the, the argument i was thinking about earlier like i don't like prosecutors yeah and this derek chauvin case is putting me in a position of being like can both sides lose is there a way that we can <laughs> have this guy go to jail for the rest of his life and also the state loses the case because i don't want the state to win yeah and you've put me in the place where i'm cheering for a prosecutor <laughs> and i don't like it and this gun debate is like I fucking hate insurance companies. You're putting me in the place where I'm asking for insurance. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me right now? Well, just because we can't come up with reasonable, like the, the worst part is I feel like you talk to any number of people and they'll, they'll agree with reasonable gun control. Yeah. Right. You know, like universal background checks and making sure that it's registered and, you know, federal like, laws, federal so law. State yeah. State. yeah. You know, like uh, I, there was one, I saw a video I saw where you can get, uh, you can buy the gun in Nevada mm -hmm. without like just same day, just buy the gun, walk out the store with it. Yeah. You can get the concealed carry permit online for Florida. 
without ever leaving Nevada because the whole process can take place on or Texas online Texas also offers to conceal carry online. OK, so one of those two states. But then immediately, as soon as you have it, it 40, protects you. 40 states. And yeah, like 39 states <laughs> for concealed carry. Yeah. Like oh. you don't have to fucking leave. Like, by the way, you know what one of those states is? Yeah. Nevada. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm living in Nevada and I apply for concealed carry in Texas and then I, it applies in Nevada. When yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you have a good, like, what kind of, we, we live in a world, like, the, the whole reason for the, the gay marriage debates at the beginning was because some states were allowing it, and then some states weren't recognizing it. That That's really the the crux of it, because, yep. you know, there it was Vermont for the longest time, was, like, the only state you could get yeah. gay marriage, like. Well, no, because they said, they uh, their state uh, court found it unconstitutional to put a gender in the law. Yeah. So it was like a roundabout like well we don't say gay marriage is legal we just say you can't have a gender because there was a law. there was a while there i remember gay couples talking about like oh i'm making the trip up to vermont this year yep. to get married yep uh but you know like it states across matter, the country were just like we're not recognizing your stupid yep. vermont <laughs> marriage license it's like oh. well you recognize the straight couples so how are you making an argument about something that was legally obtained and i passed the bar in a state i cannot practice in every state of yeah. the country because it would be irresponsible for that state to allow me to practice law right. without taking their bar. Yet I can own and conceal a gun. That's fine. No, it's cool. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you can you can practice in like a handful of states though, right? Yeah, like, there's, there's a like, couple I could still practice. It's like in. you could practice with the with a Maryland bar, you could practice in like Massachusetts and New York or something like that. Uh not in New York. There's like four states and also I have to apply there mm-hmm. and I can't be retired, which is what my It's like a general is. waiver though that yeah, you like yeah. I, I get waived in. Like basically I apply and they're like, Oh, you're still bar you're good in the bar there. All right, you're fine. But because I'm retired, I would have to go reactivate in Maryland and then apply. Yeah. And then also pay Maryland bar fees because while I'm active in another state, I have to be active in my state. Yeah. Um, so it's not worth it because obviously I don't care. I don't want to practice law, but, um, but if I, you were one of those people who wanted to practice across a couple states, like that, yeah, that and one also, California ain't one of them. So yeah. even if I did that, I couldn't practice in California. Uh, also couldn't practice in Nevada for the purposes of this example. Yeah. And couldn't practice in Texas or Florida, but yet, <laughs> You can buy the gun I and legally gun. conceal it. Yeah. Well, because it would be irresponsible for me to practice law. But listen, don't you impede on my Second Amendment <laughs> right. That's uh, that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. Uh, listen, this is the thing I don't think gun advocates understand. Every amendment has limitations. You have the right to free speech. You cannot shout fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. You have the right to assemble. If also, some of your free speech rights are drastically going away real quick. So yeah. I don't know if you've like, seen the anti-riot yeah. <laughs> language in Florida and stuff well, like that. Well, I was going to say, you can get together to seek redress of grievances. However, if you touch a fence outside of a police station in Minneapolis, you will get tear gassed. Yeah. Uh, that is how that works. There are limitations on rights. One of those is you have the right to be- keep and bear arms. However, if you are a mentally deranged person or... Your roommate does not agree. Another person who pays rent at the place where you live, you cannot keep it there. That is part of the limitations on your rights. Uh, So uh, before we do lose a producer, let's jump into a very quick lightning round of some stuff that we think you should hear about because it may come up later or follow up on some stories from previous weeks. First up, Peloton, 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 Peloton Peloton versus children, which is a weird way to put it, but, uh, Peloton doesn't care. <laughs> That'll that be what the class action lawsuit is. Yes. 
<laughs> Peloton doesn't care that your kids are dying, which isn't true. Um, it's not that they don't care. It's just not enough kids for them to care right now. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So uh, if you have a Peloton treadmill, uh, apparently there is a auto start feature or a uh, it still moves while it's off feature. And 40 kids have been injured or killed because they've been dragged under the treadmill and then crushed. And apparently Peloton's uh, response to that was essentially not verbatim, but essentially parents should watch their kids better, which I agree with. Yeah. However, I mean, when my dad bought the Nordic track back in the day, <laughs> like, wait, was it that one or was it the gazelle? The guy with the gazelle? No, no. It was the one the that had Nordic the track? like on the tracks, like the little, uh, like, yeah. and then you'd put on the TV, the guy like cross country skiing. And then you find yourself in the moment where you're now I'm cross country skiing, but I'm <laughs> look, not cold. Look at me. I'm in, I'm in Colorado and Maryland at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but like once it was delivered and put assembled and everything like that, I remember there was a moment where he looked at me and he said, if you break this, I break you. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I knew don't fucking touch that machine. Also, I'm I, sure it costs as much as like, you know, like a, a small car, yeah, a small car. Yeah. <laughs> like I would just like to also point out April is child abuse awareness month. <laughs> and we want to, what we want to do is to end the circle of child abuse where we didn't recognize it as abuse, but it probably was. And mm. sometimes those like the, Dad grabbing you in a store and just like, wait till we get home. <laughs> I cannot fathom doing that to a child of my own. However, I have also not dealt with a little version of me. And yeah, see, you say asshole. that, you say that, and then you realize, like, not only that, but I, I'm all full of ADHD. So sometimes you have to be like direct. You have to just be like, listen, this is a literally zero percent. Like, do not fuck with this thing. Yeah. Like, my sister God don't go up her. and just move it a little bit like this is a do not under any circumstances touch. touch this thing. My sister, God bless her, is dealing with a little me and I yeah. feel terrible for her because <laughs> she has dedicated herself to like, I will not spank. I try not to raise my voice. I try to we focus on calming and self-soothing. And I am just picturing my mother dealing with me yeah with that kind of stuff. And God, bless. I mean, yes, that's absolutely what you should do. And she is in the right but if she told me, like, she has not told me this and would not tell me this. I am, This is something I am making up in my own head. If she told, if a person like her told me that <clears throat> what happened was uh, I was, we were self-soothing and he was like, shut up, bitch. And then I backhanded him across <laughs> the room, which is something I said to my mother when I was like nine years yeah. old. She didn't backhand me. She calmly left the room. Yeah. I would have smacked the shit out of little me. Uh, I would not blame her. Uh, yeah. This hypothetical person. Because little me's a dick. And this kid is smarter. Big you's a dick sometimes. Big too. is absolutely a dick. But this kid is smarter and cuter and like the worst. And he's an only child. So it's just like all the attention. Yeah. Oh, God. That poor woman. Jesus Christ. She needs a vacation. Anyway, so uh, watch your Pelotons because Peloton's not going to do anything until somebody gets sued. And I don't know if you've seen Fight Club, but the basic rule is um, how many people will be injured, how much is the out-of-court uh, out settlement, and um, uh, that X A times B equals X. And if X is less than the cost of a recall or a change, they won't do one. So they've already basically said, fuck you and your kids. Uh, yeah. We're not going to do it. 
There will be a screen that will automatically <laughs> pop up on your Peloton during the next software update that says, please keep your children away from Peloton. You have been warned. Children's much like, yeah. yeah, much like uh, much like any time I go to my car. I've owned it for, you know, over a year now. Yeah. I've turned it on hundreds of times. Uh, every single time it's like, be careful. Make sure that you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> make sure that you pay attention to the backup camera and don't just influence your decision. I'm like, ah, whatever. I yeah. don't even know what the whole thing, the war- warning is. I just dismiss it every time. <laughs> With a Peloton, they're going to get one that's like, Hit okay if you agree to waive all liability to Peloton. <laughs> get yeah. me to my workout, and uh, that's it. I need Jessica to tell me I'm a fat bitch today. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, second story you should know about. We brought it up a couple weeks ago, or I brought it up a couple weeks ago because I care about Mars. A uh, helicopter on Mars was dropped off, and this is how things work on Mars. There's an 18-hour uh, round trip, uh, for, or a six-hour round trip for signals, but... The bitch flew, so uh, <laughs> we know that it works. Uh, it only took off and landed. It was a short flight, um, but uh, good news, so it flew. I always like how NASA, I was thinking about this earlier, like uh, technology companies, like uh, which is effectively what I feel like NASA should be, mm-hmm. viewed as like a, a very expensive technology company. Sure, yeah. Uh, a very cheap technology company, by the way. <laughs> what they're doing on Mars, Elon Musk wants to, you to pay 10 times as much for and get less results. Oh, well, yeah. So I, I'm not saying that it should be like a capitalist system. I'm just saying that it, regardless, we've had NASA. Also, um, with NASA, no apartheid on Mars. Just saying. <laughs> uh, not that Elon Musk wants to do that, but he might. I don't know. The uh, what's what's great about uh, NASA is that they'll 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 just stick to the little steps now. Yeah. Just like we got the volume rocker working like it's just like, oh, big day for NASA. We got the volume rocker working rather than the like. Uh, what they used to do was like the like here's our big show we've been working on it for months here <laughs> here here's the thing that will determine whether or not the air is colder in space and then like i'm just like isn't it <laughs> and then they launch the rocket up and then it explodes and they're like that costs 800 billion dollars <laughs> and then everyone's like why and then <laughs> I, now I, they're just like it's like the uh like the kid who like does little he's just like look what i can do look look at this i learned this one it's just like oh good you get you, you get, get mcdonald's tonight for dinner never <laughs> like, use food as rewards That's yeah. kid. i just love that you uh equated moving a volume rocker with flying a helicopter on a foreign planet yeah the first step in adding a planet to your birth certificate. All I'm saying is that there was a time and place where NASA was responsible for an Apple Maps-like disaster every two to three months on the regular. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was just like, why can't they get their shit in order? Like, I think we should add the fucking Vegas to LA Amtrak to, to this <laughs> lightning round because we've had that same conversation for fucking ever, too. Like, Nothing's been... we know It's going to come. You are... Waxing hypothetical about how it's going to take 19 hours and cost 10 times as much, and we don't know anything yet. <laughs> One stop in Victorville, which, by the way, the odds that it takes you 19 hours because your spouse says, let's get off at Victorville for a quick drink, <laughs> and then the next day you end up in Vegas, high. The odds <laughs> I make it to Vegas in two hours, also very high. I, I don't believe it. I just can't. Like, It'd be like uh, back in the... Like Chrysler was just like, all right, new brand of cars that don't explode. And you're just like, but I'll believe it when I see it. Don't, don't you dare. Hey, it's a new, it's a new four, a deuce and a quarter and it actually works. Nah, I'm going 
I'm going to believe that shit when I see it. You are my dad three years ago when I'm like, you should try a Hyundai. The Elantra is really nice. And he's like, Hyundai, piece of crap cars. And I'm like, dad, 20 years ago, yes. Uh, First of all, you're not supposed to use those kind of words to describe people from there. Not okay anymore. (laughs) Also, um, you should try it. You're going to find it. It's going to be nice. And then he bought one. And here's the thing. You were talking shit about Amtrak. We're going to be on the train to Vegas. You're going to see the ETA on your ticket. You're going to be like, what, tomorrow? Nah, well, I guess we'll see. Then we'll be getting off the train ahead of time. And you'll be like, well, I mean, they got that one train right. But I guess we're, we'll see. We're, gonna, we're going to find out. Because it, it just, it, how it works. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Amtrak is just a flawed organization from go and there's nothing that i don't trust them to be able to fix it like i just don't like you it'd be like you 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 come to me tomorrow and you're just like oh by the way comcast is great now and i'm just like no i don't believe <laughs> i don't believe that for a second how well, in the world all, how in the world doesn't exist anymore how Xfinity in the world? <laughs> is amazing how in the world it's just like oh you know you know you know who all really figured it out at&t i'm just like no <laughs> So here's the thing. We could wait for the Hyperloop to get us to from L.A. to Vegas. But then, you know, the apartheid on the yeah, Hyperloop. Yeah, yeah. So at least this way, there's no apartheid. Right. Also an Elon Musk project. So, you know, apartheid. Listen, uh, do some research. That's how he got all his money. Let's, apartheid. Let's do this mega uh, mega drought real quick. Uh, so, yeah. So you're going to hear the, uh, the uh, not a keyword. What uh, Buzzword. Buzz yeah. term. Uh, buzzwords. Uh, mega drought all summer. Don't believe it. Uh, but yes, we are in a bit of a drought, but in, in California, California, yeah, it, in the West in general, yeah. but also we are doing way better now than we were when we moved to LA four years ago, and way better than we were doing a decade ago in California. And yet they're still calling it mega drought for reasons that only make sense if you know that the summer that they were talking about shark attacks, there were. Average number of shark attacks. Yeah. But nothing else was happening, so we made it about shark attacks. And um, it's not like they're going to talk about cops killing kids because also that has been happening every single fucking year forever, and we never talk about it. So mega drought. Something else to keep on. There's a huge storm that is uh, just off the coast. Like Apparently it might hit Northern California, uh, and it's like supposed to be a really bad storm, like a tsunami. (laughs) So. It's it's just fun to so it's not funny. It's, it's not funny, but it's interesting to watch these people who are just like uh, hoping for the rain, hoping for the the moisture that it brings, but don't want the damage that would come with it. Yes. It's just like, man, I really hope this hurricane hits us and doesn't break anything. <laughs> it's like we could really use the rain, but if the winds could just calm <laughs> down, it would be great. Yeah, yeah. If the, yeah. If the winds could not cause any property damage, that'd be great. But we really need the rain. <laughs> and and it's uh the waffling that uh, you see on the it's local I'm guaranteeing most of these clips are local <laughs> weather where it's just like so we should all be very careful but keep in mind we are nine inches down on the year at this point so it would be fantastic if we could get 19 inches of rain in two hours yeah. uh, and like you said it's like uh, somebody in New Orleans who'd be like listen this Katrina situation could be very bad but also we need some rain we do need <laughs> some rain. <laughs> Uh, it's maybe. been dry around here. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, well, and, and at this point, uh, I also would say mega drought is a little bit of people in California, Idaho, Nevada being like, hey, dummy, don't throw your cigarette out in a state park or else you might burn it down. Like the whole park might burn down. Yeah. Um, and they need buzzwords like that because people are stupid. Uh, speaking of people are stupid. 
Uh, I guess not. I, so people are overreacting, perhaps, or cautiously reacting. I think I think uh, I think once you get one shot, you feel like you're a little bit more invincible than you were the moment before you got it. And that's dumb. No, I I get it. I I think, but you know, I I think there's some human nature to that too. That yeah. is kind of like taking over a well, lot of. Good news this week: twenty five percent of the American we've reached twenty five percent of vaccination, full yeah. fully vaccinated, uh, and just shy of fifty percent have had one shot. Yeah, I think it was two. like forty eight point seven percent or something like that. A concerning statistic in there is that between five and ten percent of people missed the second appointment. So they got their first shot and then missed the second one. And uh, however they break this number down, they don't believe it is because people got nervous about getting a second one or they had there is a small number of people who had such bad symptoms from the first one that they didn't get the second one. What it seems to be is just people are like, oh, I got one. I'm good. And um, yeah, that's dumb. Like somebody I know who was claiming they were immune. Like, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and no matter how terrible the circumstances of your birth and the place you were raised, you are not immune. Just because we played in a Discovery Zone ball pit yeah. does not make us immune from COVID, although it is as close as you possibly could be. <laughs> uh, but no, so it's good that we're getting a lot of people vaccinated. It's not so good that people aren't returning. It's also not so good that... Every bar on Sunset Boulevard is open with crowds outside the door smoking. Because here's the thing. I am sure they're enforcing some sort of rule inside about separation. What they're not doing is saying, hey, when you guys step outside to smoke, make sure you stand six feet apart because they're just crowding up outside the doors. Um, That's not great. No, I'm really hoping that uh, Newsom has come up with his uh, plan of... uh, reopening by june i think that we are just i think that everyone is just optimistically sort of saying like oh we're ramping up till june like it's just gonna be like we get a little bit more you know yeah. things get better and better and better and then all of a sudden june just like do whatever you want like you're no no 100 stadium ballparks or stadium attendance and oh i mean well their places are already doing that yeah uh orioles are going to play in arlington yeah full ballpark there so uh yeah nary a mask in sight mm. i it's such a it's such a weird time because uh I feel like this is us being able to like sort of test different theories that people didn't do a year ago. Like I think there's a, a, a part of Texas that wanted to just like be completely open yep. and just say fuck it, but they didn't do it a year ago and now they're doing it. And on a smaller scale, hopefully a not as calamitous scale, they're mm-hmm. we're gonna see what happens from that, you know? I'm I am hoping for the same thing. Well, I'm hoping for something similar, which is in the race from herd immunity to 95% death rate variant that the 95% death rate variant wins. That's what I am hoping for. Um and I would like to say a big thank you to the governor of Texas because you, my friend, are helping me hedge my bet. If there is a way that we are going to get the variant that kills off 95% of the human race, it is going to be because of people like you. So I appreciate that. Um, But in other areas of, I don't want to say overreaction on this either, but cautious reaction. Um, This week, Johnson and Johnson, well, the federal government said that they were going to pause on uh, vaccines with Johnson and Johnson, the Johnson Mm -hmm. and Johnson vaccine, uh, much as they had paused on the AstraZeneca vaccine previously, which is now available again. um, Because 
in 160 cases that were inside of a study, six uh, women developed a blood clotting disorder or a condition. Yeah. And there's a lot that's not known about it. And I, I don't want to make super light of it, but I will say that it's a small study, which is not statistically uh, appliable to the entire group of people who got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Yeah. Uh, I do support the, uh, the tweet that said you should make this just for men and say, I'm strong enough to stick this Johnson in me. I think that is a good ad campaign. Um, and it will make people ask important questions. Yeah. Clip that one, by the way. Um, I, uh, that would require him to be a producer. (laughs) I think we know that that's not really what his job is. Um, I, I am, uh, I am glad that Johnson and John or that, you know, they, they've basically pulled it while they figure out exactly what's going on here. The it's, it's an actual specific condition. It's not just sort of like you get the shot and then all of a sudden you get a blood clot. Yeah. It's because of something specific that seems to be reacting to, and you know, who hasn't watched a a pharmaceutical commercial at some point where they say side effects may include 10 things that are worse than the condition it's curing. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, you know, I, I think it was re- the responsible thing to do to pull it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the longer it goes, the longer people are going to have to have the conversation of, am I going to get this vaccine? Like, you know, like people will become hesitant yeah. if it goes on too long. So it's important that we get to the bottom of it. But it might be certain people with certain conditions are suggested not to get it. Um, the, one, of the, one of the symptoms that I heard a doctor speaking of in regards to if you think you might, if all of a sudden you've gotten the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and you think that something is wrong, mm-hmm. uh, that a headache that is so severe that you feel like you need medical attention is like one of the signs yeah. that you might be clotting, uh, you know, which is a good variation from my leg hurts a little bit. Yeah. Which could be you slept on it weird you, <laughs> or something like or you're over 30 because right. by the way that's just basically every morning for me like, i mean is this it, it? it's is, gonna take the knee it, it's it's better that you you figure it out and you get it taken care of and then you can re-release it to people who hopefully won't have that side effect yeah than it is to have this happen to 500 people and then all of a sudden nobody trusts the vaccine anymore. absolutely uh I, and I don't know why, but I was just thinking about uh, back when we were in college, there was a weight loss drug that mm-hmm. was like, if you take this drug, you might lose up to 40 pounds. Yeah. Side effects were oily, greasy, anal leakage. And I was like, is it worth losing 40 pounds if you shit your pants regularly while you take the <laughs> drug? I don't know why I just thought about that, but I was like, that is like, that's the my always my prime example of like, are the side effects worth what you're going to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's another one. Uh, listen, there are four vaccines available, now three. Uh, the With one has side effects of possible gl- blood clots, great. Let's take it off. It wasn't even counted in the uh, extrapolation to get to um, oh the 100 million and the 200 million and the fully vaccinated. It was basically a bonus. AstraZeneca and, um, and the Johnson & Johnson were both a bonus to get to that number. So... Great. So we uh, we don't necessarily need it to get to that number. And I think you're right that as we look to vaccinate the world, seven mm-hmm. billion people having them say, oh, no, they figured out what that was. And if you have this condition or want are, are susceptible to this condition, then don't take it. Then great. If I don't have that, I can move on and I can take it. Let's do that. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. 
I would just like to say, because my sister got the J&J vaccine. Yeah. I called her and I said, listen, I read the study. Just so you know, somebody who is more knowledgeable than average, I suppose, read it. It was a small sample. It was a small number of people. It seems as though it brought out an illness or a, a condition that was already there. Yeah. Um, the If you compare that study to women in general, birth control has about the same rate of uh, blood clotting risk. So, you know, for those of you like producer Roberto who forced their women to get on birth control so they can get an extra two pumps, uh, <laughs> you know, make that best 20 seconds of her life into the best 40 seconds of her life, then I think that if you're willing to take that risk, then you should be willing to take the risk of the vaccine. If that's the only one available, but it's not, there are other options available. So embrace that option, uh, instead. And I think, um, we'll keep the security in vaccines in general so that when we go to vaccine other places or other generations, kids are doing, they're doing the, uh, the testing on kids now. So small sample testing on children, we're going to need the trust of parents to give it out to them. It's it's a good idea that we we put security over say uh, security over t- uh, like d- experimentation. I just wish they had done more of like okay, so small sample, cautiousness because of caution we're going to do this. But if you got it, probably not a reason to worry. My sister heard nothing. Yeah, she heard blood clots and she was like, oh fuck, all right. Uh, so I guess I should be stressed about this. Then I read the story the same one you did about like, if you get a severe headache, that's something to be worried about. Like yeah. foot cramps and you always get foot cramps. Probably not a problem. Yeah. Um, well, so, that's the, wor- that's the worry. Like, you know, like I, I'll wake up with like a, a, st- a stuffy nose. Like yeah. I, I feel like weird. Like when I wake up or like when I go to the, <laughs> go to the COVID testing and they're just like, have you had a stuffy nose in the past week? And I'm just like, I mean, Yes, but really, no. I mean, like, I, I know a, what you're asking for. I'm 40, <laughs> all right? Uh, I wake up with back pain and knee pain and stuffy every day. Yeah. I'm on a regular regimen of uh, antihistamine that I spray into my nose every single day so that I can breathe because otherwise it's bad. But you mean other than that? No. Uh, it's like your example of uh, they asked if I was allergic to anything. Uh, you know, they ask for any anything that they put in your body. Are you allergic to anything? And... I sometimes I'm like, well, cats, but I'm guessing there's nothing in cats in that. <laughs> but then you're just like, should I, should I tell them cats? Because I don't want to fuck up. I, you know, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the, uh, I'm sure the line of the vaccine in LA was hilarious. It was go, Do you have any, uh, do you have any, uh, uh, allergies or anything we need to know about oregano? Please don't put any oregano in my, <laughs> I'm definitely allergic to parsley. <laughs> So I uh, I have a, an allergy to something called gadolinium, which is a contrast <laughs> agent for MRIs. I have to tell them that because there are seven different contrast agents they can use. Yeah. The most common one is the one I'm allergic to. So if I don't tell them, what happens is they give me the contrast agent. I lay down. They put the little uh, cage around my face. And immediately I say, get me out of here. They unpin it. And then I throw up on the person who uh, was just so nice as to give me the MRI. After that happens one time, now I'm like, if I'm getting an MRI, uh, allergic to gadolinium. I see what, I see that then you got a needle there with I'm gonna guess that's gadolinium. Don't give that to me, or I will throw up on you. Um but I'll be fine afterwards. I'll just yeah. throw up and then you'll be covered in throw up and I will feel terrible. But that's it. 
Um, so when I'm in line for a vaccine or at a usual doctor's office, I'm just like, I don't feel the need to tell you that. I also don't feel the need to tell people I'm allergic to cats, even though I am deathly allergic to cats. Um, but I do feel the need to tell that to a girl who I'm meeting on a dating website because I don't see any cats in your profile, but let's just be clear. If you got nine cats at your house, can't come over. It's going to be a fucking problem. <laughs> I can't come there. You can't come here. It's going to be bad. Um, by the way, pen pal. by the way, the comments overrun by uh, Misty Wisty, who's concerned about a monster that is under her bed. Yes. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I, I thought that was all, I thought that was all a fairy tale. And now I'm learning here in the YouTube comment section, the, the bastion of truth and honesty in the internet from somebody named Misty Wisty. I'm sure legal name. <laughs> That the monster needs to get. Out. Well, I was just going <laughs> to say, whatever concern you have for what uh, is under your bed, uh, the fact of the matter is Roberto's here producing the show. So <laughs> it's not him. It's it. <laughs> whatever is there can't be worse. That's all I'm saying. It can't be worse. Uh, there's nothing to be scared of. I'm sure that you're going to be fine. I mean, or wait, uh, what's the Rihanna song? Is it monster under my bed? I think it's just the monster. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the one with Eminem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's what you do. Uh, you play that song, but only Eminem's fire-ass fucking <laughs> second verse on that song, because it's good. Um, and Nicki Minaj is on that song, too, I think, right? No, no, that's a different so. monster song <laughs> with Jay-Z and Lil Wayne. Both very good songs about monsters. I think you should check both of those out. Available on Spotify. Oh, congratulations. You got to the end of your 15-second skip. You know what? <laughs> No, it's coming now. Othanthem.com. Corey to Othanthem.com. Othanthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And on YouTube! And on YouTube, because there was a new video this week. So, uh, hooray! Go check out that video. Uh, And another one is uh, in the plans for this week. So... You know, I, I realized I shouldn't have uh, said keep an eye out for Thursday and then be it the first time that I export a 4K video because it took a lot longer than I thought it would. But uh, in the end, it all worked out. It's up there uh, to be enjoyed. So I'll just remind you, uh, 80, uh, 8,100 minutes of content last year. Yeah. Ex- exhausting. Exo- like You're literally just... Editing and exporting every minute of every day. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. But that's what happens when you set things like new video every Tuesday and Sunday because you're a fucking dumbass. And you're like, (laughs) why not? That seems like it's easy enough. And then when you're in the middle of that, you're like, why don't I do a daily podcast? That sounds like something I should do. (laughs) My mental health is completely uh, under wraps. Prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek uh, on all your social networks. Uh, You check out my website, robertandcheek.com. Uh, I have not put up any new videos, uh, despite promising to, because uh, end of season two for Call of Duty. So triple double weekend. Didn't have any time to edit. Uh, also, the nuke events coming this weekend, this week. So probably not going to be this week either. But once we roll into season three, um, it'll take me about four days to lock down Prestige Master, and then uh, I'll have some free time, and I can. Uh, yes, that's right, Roberto. Two hundred levels in four days. That would not be abnormal for me. <laughs> so uh, once I get that locked down, then I'll have plenty of time to edit and get a video up bunch of fun stuff, reviews of uh, products and updates on products. And what's going to be very important for you guys to keep in mind is Roberto's self-esteem is 100% wrapped up in the fact that the videos he shot for me become very more popular than the ones that I shot when I said, 
eh, fuck it. I'll turn the camera on and record this and did so. And then it subsequently became the most popular video on my channel with a rocket. So um, what he's going to need you to do is to check out those videos and like and comment so they become way more popular. So that he uh, is uh, vindicated vindicated, uh, in his argument. As speaking of Roberto, of course, you can find him at RTOAZN on all your social media networks. And by find him, I mean he has an account. (laughs) To be followed. It is able to be followed. Uh, There is a TikTok with something on it. No, no TikTok. Oh, there's a TikTok. It's got got stuff to be followed. Uh, There's an Instagram that is updated occasionally. Uh, A Facebook. uh, Twitter. I think the last tweet on Twitter was... I got I got pushed into making this tweet. <laughs> mm. uh, and if you send him a DM on any of those, it will take him days to respond. <laughs> Literally a man who has a phone in his hand every time that I see him and yet takes hours to respond to messages. But I'm sure he'll respond to yours because, oh, especially if, you know, but if you're an Instagram model. Hold but, on, hold on, hold on. Well, sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't want to make it seem like he's slacking off here. If people reach out to him on an email for an acting job oh, yes. for what he is for which he is incredibly talented, yeah. it's an immediate response. It's the I gotta set up for this audition. He's very professional when it comes to that, just not the promoting himself on the Twitter or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's almost as if, you know, directors and casting agents don't look at the number of followers on social media. Hmm. Mm. But follow him and if you have uh can I give out your acting email? Is that a thing? Can I do? Yeah. So uh, if you ha- are if you have uh, a project, uh, if you would like to collaborate with him on collaborating on a collaborative project, then <laughs> reach out at Arizona Acting, A-R-R-I-Z-O-N-A-C-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. And that's where you can reach him for all his professional projects. But uh, don't have him produce your podcast because in the end, you'll produce the whole thing. Then he'll screw it up <laughs> two minutes before you start and have to fix the whole thing at the end. So. And then get upset when you make talk about guns during the show. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have an NRA pro gun podcast, then oh well, yeah, that's clearly. your guy. That's the guy you want. Clearly, I mean, like, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you'd be surprised. I think you'd be very surprised. Well, I think we done dude here today. <laughs> Wait, did you say pedophiles or guns? We've done something. I don't know if it's good. Oh God! <laughs> but as always, you're listening to the ODN. Just podcast. right at the end, the fucking Q and honors. Part the ODN <laughs> digital network. Secret part of the QAnon organization. <laughs> For Corey and Roberto, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. I said I'm going to say one controversial thing every single week. I just realized. <laughs> Why did it so. have to be that one? Eh, I thought it was fine. <laughs> you know, there's pedophiles and Epstein and Hollywood, and it's a big cabal of people that are drinking blood and adenochrome, and it's all obviously true. I'm not included in this. <laughs> well, that's because you're not popular enough. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, you're not cool. It's a cool kids club. I'm a member since 1984.